This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. You can always visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Lots of great ways to connect with us. Maybe you have a quick question. You can set up a complimentary 15-minute phone call. Maybe you'd like a second set of eyes on your retirement plan. Maybe you've been doing your retirement plan yourself, or you might be saying, Tony, I don't even have a retirement-ready roadmap. It's a complimentary process with us. No matter what category you fall in, we can certainly help you, and we can set up an appointment in any of our offices or virtually if you prefer. That's complimentary, and you can see the calendar and schedule those right at retirementreadyshow.com. And for our friends in Wisconsin, this week, in fact, the 20th and 21st, we're going to be out in Hubertus, 6.30 p.m., one hour, talking about the state of the markets, inflation, where are these rates going? We know taxes are on the rise. They are going up on January of 2026, but there are some great things you can do to protect yourself. So we want to walk you through some of those strategies. That's a complimentary event, but we do need you to register ahead of time. You can see those dates and times and register right at retirementreadyshow.com. Got my buddy Brad Allen. How you doing? Fresh haircut. Yeah, I'm trying to stick with it every every couple of weeks, getting it uh, getting it cut. Go. It's better than the three times a year I was doing before. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I hope it was more than that. You'd be looking a little bushy, buddy. Uh. <laughs> yeah, how you doing? Good. Fall time up in Midwest. I love this time of year. Although although the temperatures have been pretty warm. Yeah, you feel it in the morning though, right? You go outside and you can just feel the brisk Feels good, air. Though, doesn't leave the I windows like open at night. It's great. Yeah. I take the dogs out early. You know, I'm an early riser, so I take the dogs out. It's kind of part of my morning routine. And yeah, you can definitely feel that coolness in the air for sure. I, I love this time of year too. It's uh, great for sports. It's great for everything. But uh, we just know that that snow is around the corner. You know, it's coming at some it's point. Coming. It's yeah. coming. But we know how to deal with it. We got this. I guess. We got this. <laughs> I like the change of the seasons. but Yeah. It's like, a good time, too. Like you got football started up and another round of football this weekend. You got basketball yeah. starting soon. I'm excited. It's a good time of year for uh, for sports, for sure. College football, pro football, basketball yeah. preseason. I love the colors, too, in the fall. I, I uh, When I, you know, I built my home. Oh, boy, it's got to be about nine, nine and a half years ago, and I planted these very little maples. You know, and they look kind of tiny and pathetic along my driveway as I went in. It's kind of a long driveway. It swoops around somebody else's property. But um, I kind of had this vision it would be cool when they got mature, you know. And now we're finally to that point a, a decade later. They're much more mature, and there will be a week, and usually it's only one week where it's all the reds and they look like they're on fire and it's yeah. just breathtaking as you come home. I know every time I come to your house, those tree get, trees get bigger. It's like a little tunnel to your yeah. house. You yeah. see the baby one? I got one that got struck by lightning about a year ago, so we had to start over with that one. Oh, boy. You didn't want to put a full-grown one in there? I, I got the biggest one I could find. I just couldn't find, you know, they don't sell yeah. real big ones. Well, it's a story to tell. 
yeah. lightning strike. This looks a little odd as you're coming <laughs> in. But, Brad, I'm excited. You know, last week, as you know, Randy and I talked about retirement planning red flags and some things you want to kind of look out for. And we just had a ton of people that phoned in and emails with questions. So we wanted to kind of do a part two of retirement planning red flags and talk about some issues and concerns. And let's jump right in with Social Security. I think with, with the presidential elections firing up, Although I guess I guess in the United States, when a president's elected, the next day the next campaign start, right? But, That's right. Yeah, but I mean, you're kind of really firing into full gear. You're hearing a lot of talking heads talking about Social Security, talking about the fund not having enough money, not too far down the road. Lots of different strategies, but Social Security, both from a funding standpoint, is important. But I think a lot of people don't realize that there are different ways you can turn on Social Security. It's not just a matter of, oh, I'm 62, let's flip it on. There's some different techniques and strategies you can do, particularly if you're married, that can result in you collecting a lot more over the decades that you're in retirement. You know, I always say Social Security is another asset that you've been pouring money into your whole life, your whole working career, just like an IRA or a 401k or any of those kind of things. And now you have to figure out how to draw that money out. So you want to look at it that way. It's not just should I flip this on or off? It's it's how does it impact the portfolio as a whole, right? Uh, especially early on in retirement when you're in a very low tax bracket, if you turn it on right away, yeah, you're getting that income coming in per month. But could you be drawing from a better place when you're in a lower tax bracket? What everybody has to realize is that later on down the road, depending on what you've saved and where you've saved it, a lot of people are in a very high tax bracket later on in their 70s. And it's because of those required minimum distributions. You know, if you've saved in uh, 401ks and traditional IRAs and those types of accounts your whole working career, you haven't paid any taxes on that money yet, which has been great. But at 73, the government starts forcing you to take money out of those accounts, which increases your income for the year, which then increases the taxes on your Social Security. So to me, Social Security, there's so many different ways you can take it, and you should definitely sit down with somebody to figure out what is the best way for me and my family. If you're a couple, there's a lot of different strategies. If you're an individual, there's there's many different times you can take it. But really, you look at what does the holistic plan say? You know, how does it work with everything else that I have? So let's say you're retiring at 62 and you're, you're thinking about turning Social Security on right away, but you also have this giant 401k and it's all traditional, meaning you haven't paid any taxes on it yet. You might want to rethink turning on Social Security. It may be better to draw from the 401k first, because if you retire early on, you're going to be in a very low tax bracket. So taking from Social Security is just going to increase those taxes, as is taking from the 401k, but at least the 401k is fully taxed. So every dollar you take out of it, you're going to pay taxes on it, but at the lowest tax bracket of your life at that point. And, and what you're doing every time you draw from it early on is you're minimizing what those required minimum distributions will be in the future. So it's not that turning Social Security on right away is wrong. It's that you just want to put it all into your whole plan. You want to see what the whole picture looks like. It's it's not, you can't just look at Social Security and say, I'm going to take it at this time and not look at the other assets, right? So consider Social Security an asset and, and figure out how it works in the overall scheme of things. But 
as far as couples go, there are some possible spousal benefits available if if uh, if you have one spouse who who worked and one spouse maybe stayed home with the kids or didn't work as much, they have a lower earnings record. There's some spousal benefits available there. If you're divorced, there might be some benefits. If if unfortunately your your spouse passed away, there's some survivor benefits that you should take a look at and see what makes the most sense there. So. Social security, it's one of those things we get so many questions, Tony, every single week about when should I take it? What does this look like? Is it going to be there? I would recommend sitting down, and and we're not going to be the right fit for everybody, right? But sit down with somebody and figure out what does this look like pertaining to you? It's easy enough at the coffee shop to talk to your friends about what they do, but how does it work in your scenario and, and with your other assets and what makes the most sense for you? And Brad, the retirees you're meeting with, I know there's a lot of this business about, you know, Social Security going bankrupt and is it going to be there? And oftentimes, at least the data shows us, that causes people to flip it on at 62 because they think I need to grab it while it's here because it's not always going to be here. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad choice for some families taking it at 62 or one of the two taking it at 62 might make sense. But you have to understand you're locking in a 25% reduction. So are you from the retirees and all the great clients that we have and the folks you're meeting with, are people concerned about this funding issue and, and kind of what they're hearing from the politicians? No, absolutely. And rightfully so. I mean, you see this stuff in the news and is it going to be there? Is it not? And, and what you want to try to avoid throughout retirement when it comes to the finances is making any emotional decisions, right? You always talk about emotional investing, don't sell when the the market is low and, and, you know, those kind of things. But social security is the same. You want to look at what are they talking about in Congress? How are they going to fix it, right? You know, you hear a lot of talk about they can only fully fund it until a certain uh, year, 2034, and it goes down to 79 cents on the dollar for anybody that takes it after that point. But you look in the background and you say, okay, well, what can they do to fix this? Could they just keep increasing the full retirement age? You know, it used to be 65 and then it was 66 and now it's 66 and six months or 10 months or 67. So they could just say, hey, we're full retirement age is going to be 82 for some people, right? People are living longer. You know, I'm just kidding about that. But um, <laughs> so they could also increase the payroll taxes for Social Security. Right now, there's a certain amount that you make in the year. It's about a hundred and say one hundred thirty thousand or so, and after that, uh, they don't tax your social security on your payroll anymore. They could increase that substantially, and and then there's more money flowing into that bucket. So I think there are some fixes that they can make in the future, and. Whoever is running and, you know, you listen to the debates and all these kind of things, somebody will have to address it at some point uh, to try to fix this issue long term. But what I would say is you have to look at the full picture. How does it work in your portfolio? But even when you're putting together a retirement plan, what if Social Security did go down? Is that retirement plan, is that program that you're using to plan for retirement, can you put that in there, right? Can you decrease that Social Security in the future to still make sure you're going to be okay to give you some peace of mind, you know? So there's a lot of things you can do. I have these conversations all the time about Social Security. There's a lot of what ifs out there, and you don't want to make assumptions. You want to try to, you know, go with what what it is today and make sure that your plan is solid no matter what happens in the future, and, and that way you'll have that peace of mind long term. And I always really like your advice, Brad, that, you know, Social Security should be thought about as an asset, you know, and I think you said that earlier, and, you know, I think it is such a critical, critical point to make, 
you know, because it is just kind of handled so arbitrarily. And and listen, you know, if you're confused by Social Security, you're certainly not alone. I mean, even in the Social Security Administration's kind of employee handbook, they said they can't give advice because they don't want the liability. And a lot of advisors you talk to, they're just not used to doing holistic planning, so they're not familiar with the different strategies or the ways to utilize that. But to your point, Brad, if we can get more out of Social Security, right, we don't have to take as large of a percent or as much out of the nest egg, and our money lasts longer. I uh, kind of a little birdie told me you started running here again recently. I did, yeah. So I'm trying to get into How's it. How's that body feeling? Uh, sore, sore. It's, uh, it's you start off very slow, right? You do uh, a minute of running, a minute of walking, then two minutes of running, then two minutes of walking, and just try to kind of pace yourself and not go too too hard out, out the gate. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, the class out in Hubertus. That's kind of by my house, but um, this time of year, out by Holy Hill, all the the trees are turning and. It's beautiful out there. Those the, the the restaurant's great right in the middle of the woods there. So it's a nice time to go out there for sure. Yeah, it's a great time of year and uh you know, great time to get educated. So we, we you know, we hold a lot of those different kind of public education talks and um love to have folks out for that. But we're talking about a couple issues that I think are common, maybe missteps that people make and and the next one is a big one. I, you know, and a lot of it again is not your fault, but it's really kind of jargon that's pushed by the industry, right? But there's this sense that I need to focus on my account balances instead of focusing on my income. And, and, you know, Brad, we talked about it last segment, but, you know, I think when people ask about retirement income, right, or or, excuse me, I should say the number one question we get is they say, do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? And they're really asking about retirement income. When you ask that question, you're really asking, am I going to be able to take out the money I need to survive inflationary periods like we're going through, survive market ups and downs, also do the fun stuff, the bucket list stuff. Am I going to be able to do all that and not have to worry about outliving my money? So I think the focus on income is a much better question instead of the focus on account balances. And we probably all remember that silly commercial, you know, one of the big, uh, big company nationwide companies had where there was someone walking around with a bubble and a number on their head. And, you know, I think it kind of pushes some of the fear, right? And because it's so much based on income, I think it's not the balance is somewhat arbitrary depending on your other income sources. So it's a much deeper question than just my account balance, but having a strong income plan is critical in retirement. You know, so many people have this, this set number of this is what I need to have saved before I can retire. And it used to be a million dollars and then it's, you know, 1.9 million and and 2 million. And, you know, so that, that number, like you said, it's arbitrary. I mean, when we put a retirement plan together, we're looking at different things. We're looking at investments. That is very important. How much risk are you taking? Where are your accounts? We're looking at healthcare. We're looking at, um, you know, taxes certainly and, 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 uh, healthcare and, and all these different things. So, but income is often forgot about, you know, you, you have a portfolio, but you might not have a plan for that portfolio. And you mentioned that in the last segment, Tony, so many people come in and they have this portfolio, of a, a, a big lump sum of money that they had saved, but maybe it's all in a, 401k at work still, or, or maybe they have an IRA, they have a bunch of stocks and bonds and all these kind of things inside of it, but they don't have a plan for, okay, when I need to start drawing from this account, where do I take it from? If it's all just in one pot, 
does that make the most sense for you? You know, from an income standpoint, would it be better to have different buckets? Do you have a safer bucket that's not fluctuating as much when the market goes up and down? Do you have a more aggressive bucket, which maybe is Roth money that that's more long term that you're not going to touch for a while. So it can, you can afford to be a little bit more growth orientated with it. So having different places to draw from, no matter what the market's doing is really important. You know, and then you tie tax strategies into that as well. You know, from an income standpoint, where do I take the money to do something like a Roth conversion? Where do I put it? So income planning could also be, you know, we talked about Social Security in the last segment. When do you take that? How does it work with the other assets that you have? So it's one thing to have the money saved. It's another to know how to take it out along the way. That's going to make it last the longest. You're in different tax brackets throughout your retirement, right? That I always tell people when you first retire before you turn 73 and you have to start taking those required minimum distributions, you're in the sweet spot of retirement, right? You can really focus on controlling your tax bracket, drawing from the right places at the right times. But then later in retirement, after you're 73 and you have to start taking those RMDs, you lose some of that control from a tax standpoint. You might be pushed into a a bigger tax bracket later on down the road. So income planning has to do with all of those things. You have to tie income in with taxes. You have to tie income in with investments. You have to tie income in with healthcare. So all these things make a difference long-term. And and Tony, that's why we talk about holistic retirement planning. You know, we're not just focused on what stocks and bonds and funds and ETFs and all these things in the portfolio. That is a big portion of what we do. But so many of these other things have just as big of an impact long-term on the overall money uh, that, that you need to focus on it. So it's not about how much you have saved. It's very much about how much you're spending per month. What does that budget look like? And where is that income going to come from versus that budget? Because really, that's what's going to tell you how much you need to take out along the way and how long that money's going to last. Hey, podcast fans. If you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement-ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. You know, I've I've been working with retirees in in one form or another for quite a while here, and, you know... it always comes in a little bit different versions, but I think so many people are concerned about, you know, having enough money and, and am I going to survive? And I think that's one of the beautiful things about what we get to do, at least it's a, I don't want to speak for you, Brad, but I would say it's probably the both of us. It's the favorite part of what we do for a career is that moment when you're sitting with a new family. They don't know if they can retire. And we have some pretty incredible tools where we can sit down and start to answer those questions and give them the confidence where they can retire, right? And and sometimes it's tears, sometimes it's excitement, sometimes there's just a huge weight lifted off of your shoulders and doesn't always mean they retire right in that moment. But just knowing that, hey, all these decades of hard work and doing the right thing you know, I, I finally got to a point where I'm going to be okay. And, you know, the nice thing I like about these tools, Brad, is some of the families we work with, you know, finances, investments, it's not their thing, right? They, they just, they've worked hard, they put the money aside. So these tools can get as detailed and intricate as we want with someone, or 
we can keep it pretty elegant and high level if you really just want the answer to that question, am I going to be okay? But going through that with families is such a gift that I love. It's huge. To, to be able to tell somebody that you've been a great saver and I know you've been worrying about this and should I retire, should I not? And, you know, taking the emotion out of it and just using hard data and numbers and showing them that they're going to be just fine. It, it's one of my favorite things as well. And, you know, what's neat about these these programs that, that we use is, you can change things throughout. So what we like to do is we like to put together what we call a current scenario, right? Which is where all the money is today, how you were planning on taking that money out along the way, when you were planning on taking social security, all these kind of general things of what does it look like as of right now today. But then once we have that built, we can kind of play around with it a little bit and we can say, okay, what if you took social security at this time? Or what if you did Roth conversions over here in the next couple of years? Or what if you just changed the withdrawal order of where, what account you draw from first in retirement? It's always so surprising to, uh, to a lot of the folks that come in, Tony, when, when you change the withdrawal order of the type of investment you draw from first early in retirement, it could add a lot of money later on down the road because it has so many different benefits. If you draw from the right place early, if you take social security at the right time from a tax perspective, it could have a huge impact later on in how much money you have left over for the beneficiaries or for the nursing home, if that ever comes into play, or just how much more money you have left over to do the things you want to do. If you want to travel the world, I have so many clients, one client's uh, doing an Alaskan trip on one of those cruises. I have another client that's going to Africa. I mean, it's cool to hear all these different stories of all the places our clients are going and they feel comfortable doing it because they have a plan, not just a portfolio. So if you're out there and you're looking at, you know, I have all this money saved, but I don't necessarily know, you know, what these guys are talking about or, or when to take it, where to take it, all these things. That is something that we absolutely can help with. And like, like I said earlier, we're not going to be the right fit for everybody. But getting that second set of eyes, I think, is so important, whether it's Drake and Associates or whoever you work with. Start having these conversations about where to draw from first and how to make that money last the longest. Yeah, you definitely want to have those conversations. And, and I think some of those questions are, you know, available to answer. And, and sometimes it it's really boils down to a tax planning question, Brad, you know, I had a couple last year that came in. And one of the first things we did the portfolio we ended up working on. And of course, we worked on all five stops of the retirement ready roadmap. But one of the first things I did was I simply changed the order in which they were, were withdrawing their income. And that simple change because of the taxes saved added about eight and a half, nine years to the longevity of the portfolio. Right. But thinking about the order in which you're taking it out and considering the tax implications. And what I will tell you in all my years of working with retirees, when we put a second set of eyes on someone's plan, whether it's a plan you developed yourself, if you're kind of a do-it-yourself investor, or you're working with an advisor, very, very often we see a lack of tax planning, a lack of thought for that, because it is complicated. It takes a lot of continuing education, and we're certainly not CPAs, and but we have accountants right at our firm that do our clients' taxes, and we can involve those folks to really take a look at it and make sure are we taking advantage of not just reducing the taxes this year, but what steps can we put into place where we're paying less taxes over the 20, 30, 40 years we're going to spend in retirement. And oftentimes, Brett, it's not uncommon that we can save people six figures in taxes. Now, this isn't some 
weird credit or something on your tech. This is money that's not going to the IRS out of your payments and your checks. So that stays in your checking accounts. And I think that part is a big piece that's oftentimes missing. And when you think about the income plan, when it comes to your retirement plan, making sure we're taking the money out of the right accounts in the right order at the right times as it relates to your tax bracket and how close you are to required minimum distributions, that alone can make a massive, massive difference when we're really talking about how long will my money last and am I going to be okay. So talking about the markets, inflation, we know taxes are on the rise January 2026. The great news is there's some things you can do between now and then to substantially change your retirement future and to potentially save quite a bit of taxes. And that can make a big difference on how long your money lasts. Been seeing a lot of uh, a lot of pumpkins out on the side of the roads already. You see the that big time wagons of year. with pumpkins in them, and that time of year. My kids like the haunted houses, and oh, yeah? locally here, some have opened up this weekend. You go with them? I do. Yeah, yeah not to all of them, but yeah, I'm not a fan. No, yeah, too scary or not scary. I just don't it's... like uh, the the jumping out at you kind of thing. You know, yeah, just getting in your personal space. Or... Yeah, yeah. So I, I've got a bubble around. That's me, right. You, know? you got to maintain a little distance. <laughs> No, but we'll be hitting up the pumpkin farms and all that, uh, getting some apple cider, all the, all the fun stuff this, yeah, this yeah. time of year. It is a fun time of year. It's uh, fun to celebrate the fall and, and have a little fun with the kids. I, I am, however, every time I go into a store, there's already Christmas stuff out. I'm like, you know, we have three holidays before Christmas or two holidays before Christmas. Let's slow down a little bit. Yeah, know? it's retail. Right? You got to sell, know. sell, sell, sell. I sell. get it. I get it. So I'm just not ready for it yet. What about Christmas? Are you, you like a shop in the store kind of guy? Or are you, you shopping online? Or what's that look like for Brad? I like going to the stores uh, when it's not too busy. But most of the time, my wife is, is a big, you know, online. There's just boxes when we get home waiting for us. And, you know, but what's I prefer a, going to the store. I like looking at stuff. And What's on the wife's list for Christmas? Diamonds? What's? Um, I've got a, a hefty list. Uh, uh, she likes that, you know, she does a lot of the DIY projects around the house and, you know, hers are, you know, like diamonds or anything like that. It's more like two by fours and, and this, it is this impressive. I mean, I'm teasing you about the diamonds, but you know, I, I, of course I see some of her stuff on, on, on social media and man, she is talented. She's really good. And she, I'm good at carrying the heavy stuff. I'm not good at measuring it and, you know, having the patience to do all that. Yeah, so it, yeah. it, we work good as a team. And a lot of people don't know, Brad, your wife was my very first employee many, many years ago. She was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's now doing the real hard work at home, taking care of you and the kids, and she's got a pack of wild boys there to take care of. Absolutely. She was ready for uh, school to start. Yeah, yeah, I yeah bet. She loved I the bet. summer and uh, hanging out with the boys, but, you know, late August, it gets to the point where, you know, the, the bus can come now. Well, I, I mean, uh, Amanda, if you're listening, we miss you. And when you're ready to come back, we're ready for you. So <laughs> I don't know if Brad's ready for that, but we had a lot of great questions and emails and, and folks were sending in ab about these retirement red flags and, and things to consider. And I think a big one, maybe the biggest one, is this concept or notion that tax planning doesn't affect me. I'm stuck paying the taxes I'm paying. There's nothing I can do about it. Tax planning strategies are only for multi multi-millionaires billionaires lots of stuff that those folks can do but it doesn't affect me yeah you know everybody thinks about tax strategies as you know like elon musk is doing tax strategies him and jeff bezos are up in space right now talking about the tax strategies they <laughs> want to do you know but tax strategies are for for everybody literally i mean taxes are lower today 
than what they're going to be in the future. And we know that. I mean, we had the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act back in 2017, so all the tax brackets went down. If you were in the 25% bracket, right now that's the 22. If you were in the 15, right now it's the 12, you know, and the standard deduction doubled. And there's an end date on that. And the end date is 2026. At the beginning of that year, the taxes are going to go back to what they were before. That's what they're scheduled to do. Right. So we know taxes are going to be higher in three years from now. So what can we do today to have a big impact on those taxes long term? Really, when you're talking about tax strategies, you have to talk about the why. What is the the why behind? Why would I do a Roth conversion now? Because technically you're forcing yourself to pay more taxes than you need to today. But if we know taxes are going to go up in 2026, and we also know that a lot of people are in a higher tax bracket in their 70s because of those required minimum distributions later on down the road at 73, we know that we should address it a little bit earlier on while they're in a more favorable tax bracket. So let me give you an, uh, just an idea here. Let's say we have Jack and Jill, and Jack and Jill come into the office, and they're 62 years old, and they're ready to retire. They're trying to figure out, should I turn Social Security on? Should I draw from the portfolio first? What do taxes look like? And let's say Jack and Jill have you know a, a million dollars saved for retirement, but it's all tax-deferred money. So they're trying to weigh the options, right? They're trying to think, if we turn Social Security on, well, we won't have to draw anything out of the assets for quite a while. That that Social Security would be enough to cover what we're spending on a monthly basis, which essentially would be great, right? Because the money in the market, they're not drawing from it, so it has time to grow, and it'll just sit there and grow until they absolutely need it later on down the road. But what they're not thinking about is taxes, right? If they don't touch those assets early on, it's great. Those account values will grow, but they could be in a really high tax bracket later on in their 70s, certainly higher than where they are early on. So what Jack and Jill might want to look at is if, let's say they have $100,000 of income for the year, that would put them in the you know 22% tax bracket. That bracket goes up to, let's say, 190000 They could start doing a $90,000 Roth conversion and still stay in the same tax bracket that they're in, Uh, but maximize that tax bracket. And what they're doing is if they can little by little do that on a yearly basis, they're going to decrease the amount that's in that bucket, in that traditional IRA or 401k, so that by the time they get to RMD age, there's less in there for them to take out, which is going to keep them in a lower tax bracket for a longer period of time. So, you know, I I know I just got in the weeds a little bit there with the story, but I think these kind of things are so important to talk about, especially over the next couple of years before taxes go up, because literally these strategies are for all of us. It's not just the uber wealthy. It's for anybody that wants to maximize their tax bracket and pay the least amount of taxes that they have to later on down the road. Really important strategy that nearly all of us should be thinking about, especially right now before these tax rates go up. But then, Brad, there's some other great charitable strategies as well that, again, are available to just about all of us. And one of the downsides, if you think back to 2017, that Tax Cut and Jobs Act, not only did the rates go down, the tax rates in all the brackets, but the standard deduction doubled, which for some people was helpful. For other people, though, it meant those charitable donations that you're making, you could no longer deduct those because you didn't have enough to maybe do the long form on the taxes anymore and itemize. So there are some great ways you can get that back. Two of those strategies, Brad, one of them is a QCD or qualified charitable distribution. And that's something that's 
kind of a no-brainer if you're the right age, 70 and a half or older. And no, that's not a mistake. I know RMDs changed to 73 and I'll be going to 75, but QCDs, Qualified Charitable Distributions, you can start at 70 and a half. And then there's a little bit more advanced strategy called a DAF. Now that stands for Drake is an awesome financial advisor. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) It stands for donor advised fund. So Brad, two great strategies that people can consider if you're charitably minded, maybe putting 10, 20 bucks a week in that basket at church or or donating to whatever charities are important to you. And I remember reading an article that, uh, you know, when that standard deduction did cut in half, they saw charitable donations kind of went down, right? Because you can't itemize it anymore. So yeah, I mean, these are great ways to, you know, give money to church or charity or or different, uh, you know, places that mean a lot to you. And um, that QCD, like you said, 70 and a half, that is a great tool to utilize. If, if, if you do give to charity or church and, and you're just giving it from your savings account, this is a better option for you most of the time where you can give directly from your IRA. It'll count as an RMD for the year, but it won't count as income, right? So there's a lot of different things you can do from a, the charitable giving standpoint, or like you mentioned, Tony, a donor advised fund is a way to put money aside for charitable giving. You can put a lump sum aside for charitable giving, put it into this bucket, but whatever you put in that bucket counts as a deduction for this year. So that you use that deduction this year. Could that mean that you could do a bigger Roth conversion in its place and get more money into a tax-free account? So there's there's so many different intricate kind of ins and outs to these things and something we can't even uh, scratch the surface on. But if you're not planning for taxes in the future, I think you might be doing yourself a disservice, right? You want to plan for those taxes going up. You want to plan for the things you can do now to to have an impact later on down the road. Because whether your goal is to spend every dollar you have along the way or it's to give money to your beneficiaries later on down the road, tax-free money is the best way to do that. Right. They changed the law a couple of years ago with IRAs that if, if your plan is to give your IRA to your, your family, it's probably the worst account you could have to give to your family, right? Because they're going to have to pay taxes on it now, too. And now they're condensed to 10 years having to take that money out. So let's say you have a million dollar IRA that goes to your kids. Now they have to take that money out over a decade and pay all the taxes on that in, in, in increasing their income when they're making income at work already, all these things. So you know, you want to start looking at whatever your goal is. That's why I mentioned goals earlier today, because it's going to depend on your goals as to what to do in the future. But this is big. These tax strategies are huge for no matter your goal, whatever you want to do in the future. And there's so many kind of layers and depths to this, Brad. There's also some great strategies if you're a business owner, maybe you have a property, maybe you have a highly appreciated asset that's not in your, your retirement account, could be a stock or something like that. There are some great ways to sub. A lot of people, you know, we meet Brad say, I have this asset or this business or this building, and I really don't want it anymore, but I don't want to sell it because I don't want to pay the capital gains. Well, there are some great ways we can reduce those capital gains. That's a little bit more intricate process. But if you're in that situation, I really encourage you to set up a complimentary consultation, even if we just start as a phone call, no big deal. But there's some great ways you can substantially reduce those taxes. And that's really been a focus, Brad, of our firm, just because it is so important and it becomes so impactful. And I think a lot of people just don't realize, you know, as we were discussing earlier, that, hey, tax strategies can apply to me. I mean, uh, you know, that that is a really dynamic, powerful situation where you're talking about, you know, just taking advantage of the lower tax buckets right now 
whether you're talking about implementing some charitable strategies so you can get that deduction back and, and maybe donate in a more tax efficient way, or if you're looking at some more advanced tax planning when you're selling a business, highly appreciated asset, a property, whatever it might be, there's some really unique things that you can do that can make a big, big difference. We, I, I met recently, Brad, with uh, two doctors that have a practice and they own a bunch of real estate and we're just getting started with them, but they're implementing some of our strategies and between the two of them, they're saving multiple six figures in taxes this year. This year. Now, that's a pretty extreme scenario. They, they have some pretty healthy incomes, but there are a lot of things that average everyday Americans like Brad and I and, and anybody tuning in can take advantage of. And I think that's probably the biggest missing piece when we put a second set of eyes on folks' plans. So, I, again, Brad mentioned earlier, we're not going to be a fit for everybody, but make sure if you don't kind of reach out to us, make sure you're working with an advisor that's well-versed in this tax planning because getting this right is a really critical step that can really change the longevity of your portfolio. And it can determine, is Uncle Sam going to be your largest beneficiary? I don't think most of us have worked this hard to leave our money to Uncle Sam. Hey, podcast fans. If you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement-ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.